0: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Michael Phillips with us here. Bud Light, big game week, five live shows from Radio Row here in Vegas. There's a crowd surrounding us right now, Michael. It's not because of our show. It's because – the New England Patriots Super Bowl winning tight end and wide receiver Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski are right there.
1: I mean, it, that's a that's a celebrity sighting right yeah. there. I, they I get, was like,
0: did we make a commotion because I was destroying the Pro Bowl so much? Oh no, there's just Gronk right there.
1: They've got a uh, they've got jackets on that say "Wingman." Yeah. Um, oh, are they doing the bounty bit? They're doing the bounty bit, but. Um, I, you're the wingman. Yeah, yeah. You need the wingman jacket. <laughs> I do. You need I to do. get. You need to get your. Go over to the bounty tent and, <laughs> and
0: see if you can get a wingman jacket. I'm going to stand up this entire segment so I can try to get in the
1: background of Sports Illustrated. You Cause, know, because you are Richmond's wingman. I'm, I am
0: Richmond's wingman. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of the millennials here um, on the fan.
1: You know, I thought Sports Illustrated died again, but here they are interviewing Rob Grant. Isn't that a wacky? That's right? kind of right? a wacky, right?
0: They've got really. Better guess than most people, right? Did, like they've had the superstars.
1: Did you see who's in the swimsuit Britney. issue this year? No, I didn't. Brittany Mahomes. No way. Uh, That's a lie. It is not a lie. No, it's not. I'm not a
0: lie. Oh my gosh, who who set that up? Probably Brittany. What are we
1: doing, Probably Brittany? If you want to
0: bring Sports Illustrated back, here's your, here's what you do: you give Livy Dunn a million dollars and make her the, the the face of Sports Illustrated. I
1: would guess she's she's probably uh, she's probably a nine figure check at this point. Yeah, it's, I mean it's wild. It it how she's getting her own Netflix show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, we've been uh, hanging out with all the Commanders reporters uh, here, Grant Paulson, J.P. Finley. Nikki Javala has a really good article today on the Washington Post. Eric Bieniemy lasted one season with the Commanders. Here's what went wrong. Michael? What are your thoughts on Eric Bieniemy one year in with the Commanders, one year and
1: out? I think the revelation to me from the story was it really pushed back against the counter-narrative that Ron Rivera was micromanaging Eric Bieniemy. A lot of people in, in the building in that article said th- it was Eric Bieniemy, and this was Eric Bieniemy's approach, and these were Eric Bien-Aimé's decisions, A- and Ron was, you know— Obviously, covering for him at a lot of times during the year, which is which is the head coach's job. Um, Jay Gruden did that for Sean McVay very famously. When Sean McVay started calling the plays, uh, he had a rough six-game stretch, and, and Jay Gruden said, "I'm calling the plays. Blame me," which wasn't true, um, but took the heat off of Sean McVay and let him learn. Right, and, and Ron viewed that as his duty. His job was to you know take take that heat for Eric Bieniemy um, as he learned and grew. Uh, the the, the discouraging thing is everybody learns, everybody grows. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot of learning and growth happened. That was a discouraging thing because I, I do think he's got the raw ingredients to be a really good NFL head coach. I think he's got a good grasp of the game. I think he's good with people. I think he crafts good practice plans. Um, it, it just feels like given the opportunity to grow this year, there wasn't a lot of growth that happened, and that's a bummer to me. It it is, if, if, if that's what happened, I'll just say we're talking about one report from one person, so I, I don't want to pretend like this is the gospel. Although, obviously, you know they talk to a lot of people for it.
0: The the chip <laughs> that's funny. funny. Uh, the chips were stacked against him, right? Yeah, the defense oh yeah. was thirty second. There was a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, a terrible offensive line, and oh yeah, you know, in a tough division, right? Eagles and Cowboys uh, both won double digit games. And oh yeah, we lost to the Stinking Giants twice. Um, I will say part of that is on Eric Biennium. They lost one game 14 to seven. Yeah. Got to score more than seven points in the National Football League. But once again, here on the Richmond Commander, the question of the day is, will the Commanders actually land Caleb Williams? 833-804-0910 is the question of the day on the fan. It's
1: time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready Falcon? The-, the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. NFL
0: Network analytics expert Cynthia Freeland. I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw her earlier today. Yeah, she's here. She came out with her mock draft and has the Chicago Bears taking Joe Alt, offensive tackle out of Notre Dame. And the commanders getting Caleb Williams. She says Williams' reunion with his former USC coach Cliff Kingsbury, now Washington's OC, makes this a higher upside match than it would have been a week ago before Kingsbury was hired. I'm not sure about the gap other people see between the quarterbacks in this year's draft, but my evaluation comes down to refinements between styles, opponents, team infrastructure, et cetera, for the top two and potentially the top three. She's got USC junior quarterback Caleb Williams coming to Washington.
1: Yeah, so is she doing the bit where they can't trade? Because some mock draft people do that bit where, like, they can't trade the pick. If you want Joe Alt, get your butt to four, Yeah, right? Like, not only do you get extra draft picks, but you end up paying less, to, to Joe Alt, Right. Um, you, don't, you don't have to pay number one money. You pay number four money, and you get draft picks down the line. So it's possible she's doing the bit where you can't trade back and it's just kind of planting the flag of, like, I think the Bears will go with Justin Fields. I think they'd be wise to take Joe Ault. Um, I don't think Caleb Williams will be there at two, even if the Bears commit to Justin Fields. I think somebody will, will go get him.
0: What's interesting is she doesn't have Jaden Daniels going until eight to the Atlanta Falcons.
1: I I have heard um, that the you know the senior bowl was last week I heard that I heard that at the senior bowl Bo Nix uh, really improved his stock mm-hmm. um, the teams teams like what they're seeing out of Bo Nix um, that that's not to say he's going to jump into that conversation uh, but I do know that historically quarterbacks are mock drafted lower than they end up or uh, you know later in the draft yeah. than they end up going um, because of just the premium on that position and everything going on there. Uh, I have not heard any negative buzz about Jaden Daniels. It feels
0: like Jaden's stock is rising higher uh, than Drake May.
1: I, I think publicly, um, you know, you're, you're getting the first takes of the McShays and the Kuypers of the world, and they all really like Jaden Daniels. Um, I think what they like is how his game projects into the pro game. Um I think if you talk to NFL scouts, they're probably a little more nuts and bolts. And I think the nuts and bolts are screwed on a little tighter on Drake May. Like, you know, you're they love a high ceiling pick or a high floor pick. Like, Jaden Daniels is, could be really bad, could be really good. Um, NFL people are kind of wired to not go that direction, whereas Drake May, like, the ceiling, I don't think, is as high as Jaden Daniels, but but the floor is a lot higher too. You're going to get a guy who comes in week one ready to go. Um, all of which is a lot of words to say. I don't know who will be two. I don't know who will be three, but but he's not eight.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there. And look, that's why this is going to be so interesting. This NFL draft. It's the most important offseason in the past 30 years for Washington. They're going to draft a quarterback, and like you said, you said yesterday, if things work out with this regime, they don't draft another quarterback.
1: Yeah, you know, it, there's there's a path here where you do, you trade back. It, it, if you love Penix or Bo Nix or one of those guys, you trade back, grab one of those guys, and you're still, you maybe spend a little extra time in development mode or whatever. Like, I think the concern with Penix is because of all the injuries, because of the age, is he only going to have six or seven productive NFL years in him, yeah. um, but if you like him, That is a full lifespan of an NFL GM. I don't see that as a reason to not take him.
0: I also think if you're getting to the point where you're looking at Bo Nix, you're looking at Michael Penix, I think you're looking at guys that might not even be better than Sam Howell, what you already have on your roster. And so at that point, build up the offensive line. See what you can do with Sam Howell with better weapons and more protection.
1: If you were to ask me, you know, let let's put odds on who's the opening day starter right now. um, I would tend to lean Sam Howell over um, Caleb or or Jaden or or whoever. I think if it's Caleb, you if they go for Caleb Williams, you probably have to start him week one because everybody's so so jacked up about it. if it's Drake May, he's probably ready to start week one. If it's Jaden Daniels, uh, I could see a scenario where they say, Sam's going to start, Jaden's going to develop, we'll, we'll circle back on this. Is
0: there a chance that there's a third quarterback on the roster and maybe Jacoby Brissett starts the season or someone else?
1: Um, so uh, going back to the Eric Bieniemy story, Jacoby Brissett felt he was promised a shot at the starting job and clearly was not, uh, you know, training camp. was. And not that Sam Howell didn't earn the job in camp because Sam Howell had a very good training camp, but it, but it was never a competition. Well, that
0: was the issue that Ron Rivera was kind of getting heat about, which was after an 11-of-19 game against the Cowboys team that didn't really try hard, he was given the reins to the franchise and anointed as QB1 before he, the entire offseason.
1: I love Jacoby Brissett. Um I I I think that the fact that there is a new regime maybe cracks the door open for a return. Um he, he is fully a free agent, so he can do whatever he wants. Um I I think he would be open-minded to coming back. I don't see a scenario where he would be open to going anywhere as a three. Yeah. I think he's a two. And last so, year
0: was the year of the backup quarterback. Like, I, I think for that reason, he bounces to a team that has a sketchier situation.
1: I mean, what did Heineke do? Found him like perfect gig for Heineke yeah. behind Desmond Ritter. Like, right. a, a, kudos to his agent, by the way. Like what, What team do we want to land on? the one that has Desmond Ritter at quarterback in in a shaky spot where the coach is is coaching for his job, that was perfect play by Taylor Heineke. I'd love for Jacoby Brissett to do a similar thing. Like Carolina, right? I also wonder, and I'm not reporting, this is just me spouting stuff off on the radio, I wonder if Jacoby Brissett is a little salty they didn't trade him to the Browns at the trade deadline Mm -hmm. because... That could have been him doing the Joe Flacco number. That is
0: a good point because that those rumors came out and then the Commanders kind of shut that down real quick.
1: That was shut down from the Commanders' side. Cleveland reached out, said, "What would it take?" and Ron and whoever, uh, you know, obviously Ron has final say. Said, "We're not trading Jacoby Brissett."
0: Yeah. Uh, Yahoo Sports has a good article this morning about the Washington Commanders head coach Dan Quinn looking to lead and find team leaders. You know who on this roster currently do you feel is the best in terms of leadership? Like I think Jonathan Allen and Terry McLaurin are the only two I point to. I mean, what
1: what a great answer! Yeah, I, I'm I'm just racking my brain to see if I can if I can if I can go for a third. Um, Kendall Fuller is a quiet leader. That's a good point. He's not going to break down the huddle. Super Bowl champion. Um, but but he he's got a ring. He works really hard. He puts in the hours. He's very well respected in the locker room. Um, Tressway, um, like he's the punter. That, 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 that's the caveat. He's the punter. Um, everybody in the locker room likes and respects him, and he is a connector. He helps connect people and take, takes the new guys out to dinner, you know, all the stuff like that. That's a guy you want in your locker room. Um... To me, Terry's one and John is two. Uh, I can't imagine anybody would dispute those Those are the guys. No, so. but
0: that's kind of the problem with this team is you don't have enough leaders. You, you, I feel like every follow, good team yeah. has an offensive lineman as a leader.
1: I follow that. Right. Yeah.
0: We've got no – I mean, Charles Leno's not leading anything. He can't even uh, defend the quarterback.
1: You, you know? know, your best offensive lineman this year by production was Sam Cosme. He's the right guard. Right. Uh, no, no disrespect. Did he
0: talk much to the media? Feel he, like I didn't hear him that much. Yeah,
1: I mean, he talked a lot without saying things. Is why you didn't <laughs> hear it. Like he was always open to answering our questions and spending time with us, and is a good dude. Um, he wasn't gonna weigh in on should Jacoby reset play. He was like, anytime you asked any question along the lines of like, what did you think of Eb's game plan? Uh, like, and it wasn't like he didn't like it. It was just that is not my my place to stick my nose into. Like. Ask me about my kids. Ask me about blocking the other guy. Like, ask me about Max Crosby or whatever. Just, I, I'm not going there.
0: I would also argue that a lot of the good teams in the NFL have a leader in the secondary at the safety position, and that's the question with Cam Curl. Do you pay him this offseason? I don't know if he's gonna could be that leader.
1: I, the number I heard was 15 mil a year is what it's going to take to get this for done. him
0: to be above average, but not a star.
1: It's a big number. Yeah. Um,
0: if and they you, could and look. They've got six draft picks in the top 102. They could draft the top safety.
1: I wouldn't be mad if they tagged him 15, but it's a one-year commitment. Um, like, it, Prove it. I, would, would he be up for that or would that poison the wet water? I, I don't know. Um, if he were open to it, I'd be open to it. But uh, it's a big number. Um, now – I, we played this game with Brandon Sheriff, and I said, Yo, oh, my gosh, you know, $17 million for a right guard. That's too big of a number for a right guard. I was wrong on that one. And, uh, you know, you have so few pieces to build around. Uh, even though Cam Curl isn't like the guy, he's a guy, and you don't have a lot of – forget leaders. You don't have a lot of that second cut either. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big point. It's a problem.
0: Yeah. This is the Bud Light <laughs> Big Game Week 5 Live show's from Vegas, but the big game is played Sunday here in Vegas, but there is a big game in Richmond tonight, VCU hosting the Dayton Flyers. Zeb Jackson will join us at 1.30, but when we return, we'll preview VCU Dayton here on the fan.
1: But big game week, it is Friday. This is the day out here on Radio Row. All the celebrities are out. Uh, Terrell Owens uh, was making the rounds uh, we got uh, Michael Irvin all the all the big names right 49ers in the Super Bowl uh, so you know all those greats from that rivalry are coming out. Uh, should be a really fun show. AWOD is running down guests. He's doing his thing Michael Phillips here from MP on the mic taking over AWOD Radio it's an AWOD Radio takeover for a minute. Uh, as he mentioned before the break uh, it is VCU Dayton tonight. I am fired up for this game, it will start at 6.15 pregame show right here on the fan. Gary Hess sitting in for A.Wad tonight as we make our way back from Las Vegas and Bud Light big game week. Uh, Dayton is the class of the A-10, and it is not particularly close. That's what you need to know about this. If, if Dayton loses a couple more the rest of the way, they are still fully secure uh, of their spot in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that they've locked that up with their non-conference play. They're number 16 in the nation. Uh, they, they are crushing it. This will be as big a test as VCU is going to face in conference action this year. Uh, 7 o'clock right here, Robbie and Rodney will have the call. Uh, I am curious to see um, how how the Rams handle the paint in this game. And I know it feels like we say that every game, but, man, Dayton's, Dayton poses a big test. It's a big night for Christian Furman. Maybe giving away my uh, my keys to victory a touch early here. But, Adam, I, I think we can all agree this is as tough as it gets for VCU.
0: This is going to be a game that is won or lost inside the paint. Yeah. Yes, maybe VCU gets hot from the three-point line and could win it that way, but not if they're giving up offensive rebound after offensive rebound to Deron Holmes. Look, this is one of those games where you're going to see – Ryan Odom put a premium on the guards helping out with rebounding. I think you're going to get 20 plus minutes from Michael Bell. I think you're going to get uh, a good amount of, a chunk amount of minutes from Joe Bamisil off the bench. I think they're going to try to keep Sholga and Baristow healthy for a stretch run in this game because I think this could be a game where it's tied with four minutes left. Go win it.
1: It's the a 10 All games are tied with four minutes left this year in the a 10 It feels like no matter if it's LaSalle or George Washington or, or St. Joseph's, whoever it is, just so much parity in the league this year. Uh, yeah. I, I love what you mentioned about getting those minutes, um, and, and I really love the VCU lineup right now with Michael Bell because he brings that defensive edge that they need, and if you can get Shulga or Bamisil hitting on the other end or Bairstow, get them hot. you don't lose as much as you lost previously on the other end. right? Early in the season, the situation was if you if you put Michael Bell in the game, the offense suffered. I think the offense has progressed to a point where that's not necessarily the case anymore. That's a good point.
0: Uh, I think it's going to come down to fast break points. We previewed this game on the Black Gold Fan Podcast. New episode is available for you on your ride home today, getting ready for Woo. the big game at the Seagull Center. But, Every week on the podcast, I bring up fast break points because when you look at the box score, when VCU wins, they get fast break points. They win that category versus the other team. It's going to be so important tonight because Dayton – Will turn you over and go the other way and get quick points, and that cannot happen. I, I do think fast break points are going to be so crucial in a game tonight, especially where the crowd's going to be in it. That's a
1: silencer if you can, right, get a quick steal in a layup. Yeah. It, it's uh, I'm watching the foul situation, too. It, it, it seems like BCU has either had not a lot of fouls or a lot of fouls. Yeah. Like, there haven't been a lot of like. This could be a foul trouble situation based
0: on how DeRon Paul Holmes can play in the paint. Yeah,
1: you know, there haven't been a lot of games where. Just kind of everybody finishes with two or three. It's kind of either like zeros and, and they're not boxing out well or, or fours and fives and they're in trouble, but they're doing what they need to do. Uh, I think the very obvious exception was the Richmond game where they hand, just quickly, cleanly handled their business, got in, got out. Um, but foul trouble is absolutely on my list of things to watch. I, I, you know I love Toby Lawall. I don't have to justify my love for Toby Lawall on the air. But but Toby Lawall inside against Dayton, I don't love that as much. No, but if Deron Holmes comes out,
0: that's when Toby needs to dominate. There we go. He's been hot as of late, uh, offensively and defensively, just really. And, and I think part of that is Zeb Jackson coming back, right? He's such a good uh, facilitator drive, dishing it to Toby for a dunk. That's where Toby's better than Christian Furman, is going up strong and finishing. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that against Holmes, but they need a big game from both those guys. It's
1: going to be, hey, we have to defend by committee against Ron Holmes. All right, all right. Michael Irvin walked by a minute ago. Emmett Smith walked by. Emmett Smith, they all have handlers. Yeah. Emmett Smith's handler, had, she was wearing a hat that said, run the damn ball. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good bit, right? That's a good bit. that's a good bit. That's a good bit. Yeah. No, it is distracting trying to talk to <laughs> you with all these athletes walking by us everywhere. Um, I mean, <laughs> can, can I can I give you one more stat, and that is VCU as a team is shooting forty five percent from the field this year. And I know this is a three point heavy team. This is a team that is going to live by the three and is going to die by the three. Uh, and I know I love analytics. I had Aaron Shots on my show talking football analytics. I just I need a little better shooting in that ten to fifteen foot range. And that's why I think fast break points so important. Yeah, right? you, you need a couple bunnies. You need a couple
0: layups and dunks uh, to even it out. Now. I think a big part of this game, whether or not VCU wins or loses, could come down to Sean Barstow's ability to score. Right, he can rebound, he can defend, you know, multiple positions. He's been our assist leader. Even I think he's like top two assist leaders in a10 conference play. Right, because he had that one game where he had 14 points, 12 assists. He's been incredible. But when he can score, it gives this offense another dimension because he's so good at backing people down, keeping his dribble alive, and then either passing out of the paint or shooting that short little fadeaway, which has been in and out this season. When he's making that, though, man, he is so tough to defend.
1: You know, I I love the mismatches that Ryan Odom can create. I, I you know give this guy a clipboard and these athletes, and he's going to be able to produce situations. You just have to be able to produce them consistently. I think that consistency is what we're all hoping to see as February turns into March. Give give you that hope that they could win three in a row in Brooklyn. They've had stretches where they play three good games in a row. Have they had? Five good games in a row. I would argue they haven't at any point on this schedule. I think this is a – They've dealt with a lot, This too. is a
0: big game for Ryan Odom. Number one, he's going against a former VCU head coach, Anthony Grant. Number two, Anthony Grant's a, a hell of a coach. Nothing against Ryan Odom. No, but I, I agree. But Anthony Grant is incredible. So, David Thiel spoiled a couple secrets last game with this article. VCU has a play called Chin. Right, You read the article, right? He points to his chin. Max Shulga comes around the down screen, hits the three. Ryan Odom's offense is going to need to hit when he calls for his big plays. A lot of times he lets the guys go, run the motion offense, but there's going to be points in this game where he will stop us and say, hey, run this play, run that play. They need to execute those opportunities there. And how are they going to do that? It's going to be focus, right? You know, it's easy, and I watch every single game. I look at the little details. It's easy to run a play and just kind of run through the motion there, and you don't set a hard ball screen or you set a moving screen and then it's going the other way. Those little intricacies of the offense are going to be important. Christian Furmans going to have to be strong with his screens, right? Max Schulga is going to have to run off rub off of somebody's shoulder because Dayton's defense is so tough. They're not going to let him get an open look.
1: I just had a PTSD to the the uh, Norfolk State game which I was watching on TV at home. It, it takes a lot to get me to yell at the TV. Um, I yelled at the TV. That, that like the, the the guys not House has like moving. He's uh, just standing there waiting for something to happen. Like that game was so
0: much of Max Shulga going one on one, and infuri- nobody and everybody's standing around.
1: Infuriating. Yeah. It was infuriating. Was and, that and look, was.
0: Max can heat up, and there will be times where he goes
1: one on one. He went in an eleven zero run last, uh, against Richmond, but it can't be all game. I'm fine with Max Schilker going on an 11-point run. I would just like everybody else to continue playing basketball while he does it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> look up, look up at, the score, uh, at, the, at the scoreboard when you're watching this game tonight. There will be a four-minute stretch in the first half where VCU struggles to score. It happens every single game around the 12- to 8-minute timeout.
1: <laughs> uh, you, want, you want to take a guess at the line? Have you seen the line? For I tonight? haven't. We're, no. we're in Vegas. Uh, Dayton by one tonight. Ooh. Yeah.
0: That, that tells you Vegas feels like this is going to be a buzzer-beater type game.
1: Uh, I, I like that from the sense of Vegas knows it more than, than we know a lot of times. Uh, I, would have, I would have pegged that line as probably three and a half or four if you had asked me before I pulled it up.
0: But the Rams are at home. It's sold out. It's a gold out. VCU point guard and captain Zeb Jackson joins us next on The Fan. Welcome back. To AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910, the fan, now at 105, 1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball Ram Nation. You know every game can be heard right here on the fan. I'm Adam Epstein. I do the pregame and the halftime show before I hand it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. Joining us right now on the fan is Point Guard Zeb Jackson, the Zeb train all aboard. Zeb, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you feeling? How's your back doing?
2: Uh, it's doing a little better. It's definitely still pretty stiff, and it gets it gets pretty annoying when I when I sit down for a while. But uh, once I get warmed up, it's all good. So that's all that matters, to be honest.
0: I love that. I love that, man. And it felt like you were getting back to that super explosive athletic self that we know you can be in that win against Fordham. Uh, great game there. You know what I noticed in the last two games was Team rebounding, right? The guards have helped the bigs. How much of a discussion has that been in the locker
2: room? I mean, that's something that uh, Coach likes his guards to do. Is um, we we call them fly in. So coming in to rebound the ball is super, super important, especially with helping our bigs when they're boxing out. So uh, yeah, it's just something that we want to emphasize and we want to uh, really focus on game rebounds when we have teams when we play against teams that crash a lot of offense.
0: And you're a captain and leader of this team and you helped Michael Bell get going. Uh yes, uh, last game against Fordham, he was terrific. Does it feel like Michael Bell's growing? He's not a freshman anymore at this point in the season. Does it feel like that?
2: Uh yes, 100%. And uh like Mike had a he had a big uh role change beginning of the year that he probably for sure didn't expect, obviously with with Sean going out and him starting. So, he had a he had a, a interesting start to in his college career, I think, and I think he embraced it really well and I also think he's embraced the change really well since Sean has came back, and uh, he's just super eager to learn and just just grow. Like he always has a positive attitude no matter what, and he wants to do whatever it takes to whatever it takes for the team to win. So, yeah, I'm, I know we're all super proud of Mike
0: Zeb Jackson with us here on the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hotline. Big game Friday. Dayton Flyers come to the Seagull Center. Now, is that this to me? This has been VCU's rival in the past seasons, or uh, you know, five or six seasons. And the Rams grabbed the most important win against Dayton last season. I know you remember that eight ten championship game. To you, does this feel mm-hmm. like a rivalry game?
2: A hundred percent. I mean, I, I guess the best way to put it would be it's an important game. I, I don't know about necessarily rivalry. Richmond for sure felt like a rivalry game, and it always does. But. With Dayton, I just think, um, like you said, with how things were last year and how things have been going in the past, I just think it's always a, a very important game. And um, we know they'll come ready to play, and we'll be ready to play, and it'll be a super fun atmosphere on Friday.
0: And, Zeb, you, you know, you've uh, spent now nearly two years in Richmond. What is your favorite part of being a student athlete at VCU? I
2: don't know. It's, it's a lot, to be honest. I really enjoy Richmond. I really enjoy just the campus, just the students, the the fans, everything about it. I think it's... It's, I think it fits me very well. It's not too much going on, but it's also not just nothing, you know. It's a nice place to eat. I, I might have to say that's probably one of my favorites, just having a variety of things to eat and being able to go around the city a little bit and try new things.
0: I love but that I answer, I, man. I
2: like, I like it a lot. It's, it's a nice place for me for sure.
0: That's great. You know, Jason Nelson has done a really good job when you were hurt and when Barrister was hurt, filling in as the starting point guard. How has his ability to bring the ball up helped you excel as an off-ball guard? Because I love when you're go- running around a screen and you can catch and slash.
2: For sure. I, I think, similar to Mike, I think with Jay like he's done a really good job of embracing just whatever the team needs. So like you said, when people out and he's stepping up and he's doing a great job whether he's starting whether he's coming off the bench I just think he's always ready and I think uh that's that's just huge that's huge for any team you know what I'm saying for people to just be ready no matter when their name is called or no matter whether they have a bigger role a smaller role and I think he's embraced each and every one of them very well and I think um some coach mentioned today that's important is that everyone's kind of figuring out what they need to do as an individual to help our team win and and putting winner, winning at the center, not uh, anything individual. So, yeah, I, th- I think Janelle's been huge for us, and he's continued to grow and can get even better.
0: You can hear every VC basketball game right here on 910 The Fan. And after one of the victories earlier this season, Joe Bamisil told Robbie that you're – Zeb Jackson, you are one of the quickest ball players with the ball in his hands he's ever seen. When you hear that, how does that make you feel?
2: That's crazy to hear for sure because I haven't uh, – I've, I've always been – I guess you could say like – quicker maybe, like pretty athletic, but um, it's definitely growing a lot starting around like high school and it, it's crazy to hear it for sure, but um, I just want to continue learning how to use it um, to my advantage and um, while also having a good pace and a good balance, you know what I mean? So I really appreci- appreciate Robbie for saying that and uh, I just want to continue to grow and uh, learn how to use it even better.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's why you're one of my favorite players. Like I said, I'm all aboard the Zeb train. You've got the size to go against uh, smaller guards, the quickness to go against anybody really here uh, in the A-10. And, and last game, I loved your baseline drive, the and-one reverse layup. Uh, we got to talk about that a few different things here. So, number one, <laughs> I said that was Michael Jordan-esque. The way you drove, you like cut back to the right and then went back left again. And then you had, had the and-one, and you started laughing on the sideline. I mean, what's going on in your mind there, Zeb?
2: <laughs> so, it, it was actually funny because Darren, shoot earlier that morning. That, that's a move that I used to do a lot more. And I haven't really used too much, but uh, my teammates know that I, I used to do it a lot, and uh, they were they were joking around trying to say, like, who am I, who am I, and doing certain moves that I do, and I was one of them. So they were just joking about it during shoot round and then I ended up using it in the game. So it was pretty awesome. and That was part of me laughing, just realizing, like, we were just talking about it.
0: <laughs> and it yeah. worked out to perfection and, and you're so comfortable yep, driving right. left or driving right that, i mean when, you, when you're kind of squaring a guy up and crossing him over how great is it knowing that you have the confidence to go to either side of the hoop
2: it's, it's super helpful and uh just like i said really learning how to use my quickness but also kind of have a good feel and, and see the game at a slower rate is important for me so um, I think that being able to go both ways definitely obviously makes it harder to guard, but uh, one thing I want to really focus on is my decision-making after going either way and being able to finish plays no matter which way I go. So.
0: Ram Nation, we need you loud and proud Friday night at the Seagull Center as VCU hosts Dayton, a critical A-10 game. Zeb Jackson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Zeb, you're not just a starter, you're a point guard, you're a captain, you're a leader, but how about the bench unit? They've been terrific this season. As a starter, how refreshing is it to know that you can check out and rest and actually watch your lead grow?
2: Uh, uh, that's an awesome feeling. Um, and uh, we all are very comfortable with each other as a team, and we know um, all of our positions are interchangeable. Like we said, it's about what, doing what it takes to, for the team to win, uh, whether you're starting, whether you're coming off the bench, whether you're playing high minutes, low minutes. I mean, no matter what it is, it's just – and important for us to all just be ready and do what it takes to win. So um I know we're all comfortable with each other, knowing that's our end goal and that's our our um, thing that we're focusing on as a team. And yeah, it's just amazing.
0: And the team chemistry has just started to really improve here during this season. Obviously, it's a new coach, new coaching staff, a lot of new faces. We're so glad that you stayed here uh, to be the captain and the leader. So let's talk a little bit about your new head coach, Ryan Odom. I mean. What do you and Coach Odom talk about when you're not talking basketball, not talking X's and O's?
2: I mean, it could be anything. It's funny because, like, one way I would kind of word it uh, since I met Coach Odom is, like, sometimes, uh, I guess the best way to put it, like, sometimes you'll forget he's your coach. Like, you'll just be having a regular conversation with him or <laughs> just chilling. You know, like, for example, when we went to Brooklyn for a Media, it's it's just it's, it's very comfortable just chilling around them and relaxing and having a regular conversation. It, it could be about anything, to be honest. Like, it could be about what's going on at home, how's your family doing, um, talking about my pet. Like, I have a cat. He has a dog. Um, it could be anything. Like, it, it's, it's just super awesome to have a coach like that where it also like, truly does feel like family.
0: Zeb Jackson, quick as a cat, also has a cat. Here with us on the hotline. (laughs) Zeb, Coach Odom, so to me he's got this secret sauce, and the secret sauce is like having this team bounce back from losses and the way he's able to challenge you guys to meet the standard you've set, right? Does that kind of make sense that that's his secret sauce? I'm
2: sorry, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that for me one more time?
0: Like, his secret sauce to me is being able to challenge the players to meet the standard. We, we've heard him say that several times in the press conference uh-huh. where you you guys have to meet the standard that you've set for each other throughout the season.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm Yeah. Uh, we we want to keep reiterating that as a team, and that's something that um, he's made sure to stay on us about because it's, it's very easy to get comfortable. With, I mean, to be honest, winning and losing. Like, it's very easy to get comfortable and feel like you're okay or feel like... Um, you tried to you did enough versus, like, really challenging yourself to, to meet a higher standard and um, we're preparing for being in March, being in a tournament, you know. And obviously, it's one game at a time, but you want to make sure that you uh, constantly remind yourself of your standard and what level you want to be at versus just being satisfied with the win. You know what I'm saying? Like, not letting that win make you feel like you're good enough in the moment and just keeping a higher standard to to keep you prepared for when you play, like, those, those top-ranked teams, basically.
0: Great answers, Zeb. You know, give us some thoughts here about what makes the Dayton Flyers team so difficult and what you want to contain on Friday night.
2: Um, obviously, Brian Holmes is a, a great player, and not only is he great scoring scoring ball, but he's also great, uh, great at passing it as well. So, obviously, without me saying too much, I mean, we want to focus on him for sure, and they also have a lot of shooters, so. Um, like I said, he's a good passer, so being able to kind of keep both under control without um, over committing to either one is, it makes it pretty difficult for them to guard, but we've definitely uh, had two great prep days and uh, we're excited for tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and when people want to come out to see the Rams, That you know, the Seagull Center is such a great uh, place. It's such a great environment. It gets so loud. You got the new video board this year. Why Zeb, why don't you close us out here by giving us a message to the fans on you know what it feels like when you're playing at the Seagull Center and you hear it get so loud.
2: A uh, message to the fans? I would say bring all of that energy like we did versus Richmond and some. I mean, it, it's super helpful for all of us, uh, players and coaches, um, and it's just we, we feed off of it, to be honest. I know sometimes it's probably obvious to tell how much I'm feeding off of it because it, it just it gets me so hyped up. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't think maybe some fans do, but I feel like maybe some fans don't understand how helpful that really is and how much um, not only does it help us, but maybe kind of rattle the other team. and uh, Like I said, just bring the energy, and we're super excited to put on the show and come out with a W.
0: Zeb, I'm out here in Vegas, so I'm going to miss the game. Good luck. Win it for me, man.
2: <laughs> for sure. Appreciate you.
0: And have fun. Absolutely.
2: Enjoy, enjoy yourself out there.
0: Yeah, Zeb, hey, who's your favorite football team? Like, If, if I run into a celebrity and I want to give uh, uh, give you a shout-out, who would be the number one guy?
2: <laughs> uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of football, if I'm being honest. I, I, can't, even, I can't even tell you. I'm a Tom Brady fan, and, and – um,
0: well, I can't get you yeah, Tom yeah. Brady, but but maybe Josh <laughs> Allen. Will you settle for Josh Allen?
2: <laughs> hey, if you heard of Josh Allen, t- tell him uh tell him Fat chair what's up. That- that's Fat favorite TV team in the entire player.
0: Oh, awesome, awesome. All right, man, Thank take you. care. Thanks a lot for the time.
2: For sure, appreciate you.
0: Yep. All right, bye. You're listening to Awad Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105 one FM. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105, 1FM. 1 Coming up in about 15 minutes, my conversation with Super Bowl winning quarterback for your Washington Redskins, Doug Williams. Michael and I sat down with Doug yesterday. Really great conversation. Gave us full 15 minutes, man.
1: That was so good. Just, yeah. I just had so much fun doing that. It's, that's what I love about Radio That's why you come to Radio Row. That's yeah. why you come to Radio Row. That's why Bud Light Big Game Week has been a resounding success. I don't... You've only got an hour and thirteen minutes left to crash the car. I don't think you're going to do it. I think this week's <laughs> going down as a success. Absolutely. I mean, look, you like, you get Doug Williams in an environment where
0: he's happy, right? We we started the interview talking about the memories of the Super Bowl, being back here at the big game. Uh, he was fired up for that, and uh, of course, talk about the future of the Commanders. But right now, we wanted to recap last night's dinner at Barry's Downtown Prime Steaks and Cocktails, and to do that, we need to do an impromptu. Dude, food.
1: Dude! Food! We're not responsible for the content of this program. Or anything we say when we're really hungry.
2: Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? F- the most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes.
1: I'm this all flip flop. Who <laughs> loves food? Dude! Food!
0: Alright, so I would argue that we've had two really nice meals here. We had the Italian meal, and then last night... The Steakhouse uh, Berries. So yesterday on the show we had Stub look at the menu. He thought I ordered like a toddler. Not a fan of what I ordered. So once again here on Dude Food, Stub has pulled up the menu for Berries Downtown Prime Steaks and Cocktails. Uh, you decide what you think you would order. We'll throw it to you in a second. But Michael, we've got to talk about the drinks that we got. A smoked Old Fashion.
1: Uh, how did they make it? Did they just make it at the bar and bring it to your table like <laughs> at a normal place? It was tableside guacamole. <laughs> but a drink. The guy comes over with a cart, drags the whole thing
0: over, brings over three really nice bourbons, plus tequila. I had never heard of a tequila old-fashioned before. An
1: extra Anejo tequila. That's, that, you know, it's the, the gold one instead of the, uh, the, the clear one, and it's aged. And it's got a little flavor to it. He said, y- "You, he likes to eat... I'll just bring closer to my mouth. I, I just realized they can't hear stub. Only I can hear stub. It's radio. I'll learn. <laughs> I'm going to crash the car. I'm going to crash the car. That's what's going on here. Um, The, the old-fashioned with tequila it works with that tequila because it's got so much flavor to it I'm a classic guy you know I got the classic you got the classic I think we both made the better decision so you
0: actually didn't get the tableside old-fashioned because right. you got a chocolate one right
1: yeah so it, it was uh, it had Chinese five spice and grated chocolate on top so uh, you know that, that kind of elevates the flavors of the bourbon yeah um, so it wasn't smoked tableside which is a regret of mine but I do appreciate that I got to watch you. Get the tableside guac, uh, uh, drink. So I, I, I do feel like I lived it. Yeah, no, it was
0: really cool to see him mix the bitters, mix the spices, put the uh, put the bourbon in there, and then light the whole damn thing on fire. To me, it looked like you were at a hookah bar, right? Ooh. Like, he would—he actually put some stuff in it, right, and then lit it. Like, he was lighting a bong or something, and then all of a sudden the whole glass fills up with smoke.
1: It was a show. It, it was a show. It was a show. We
0: we tweeted the video and also posted it on Instagram, at Awad Radio, if you want to check it out. I think it was the smoothest old-fashioned I've ever had
1: in my life. These guys were on point with everything. Like, whatever stub picks off the menu, it's a winner.
0: Yep, so we went with... Uh, Two different appetizers, we each got an entree, split a few sides. We'll reveal what we chose. First, let's throw the stub in the production room. Stub, you're out at Barry's, and let me just set the scene for you. The big hurt, Frank Thomas, is in the building. Super Bowl-winning quarterback Mark Rippon was there. Every waitress was a knockout, 10 out of 10. It's the... Unbelievable stakeouts at the bottom of Circa, which was the place to be yesterday. It felt like all the celebrities were there.
1: Everybody was there. Eric Hosmer, the, the World right. Series winning Kansas City Royals, was there. Just happened
0: to be friends with Grant, you know. You know GP, <laughs> such a celeb. Yeah,
1: just <laughs> such, such a casual. I think watching GP go to work this week has, has been an absolute treat. It has been treat. cool. Yeah. Um, it, it was like there was a DJ there, but it wasn't a club. He was just keeping it really classy. Yeah, it was. It was like the most classy DJ I've ever seen. It really was.
0: Yeah, and then they had the bathroom attendant. There, that's a whole nother story. I don't tip bathroom attendants. Uh, Please let me use the restroom in peace. Yeah, I
1: don't like, th- I don't like the bathroom. You attendant.
0: threw him some money though. Right? Didn't you?
1: You were trying to be nice. No. Did you see why I threw him some uh, money? No. I, I got some spinach stuck between my teeth, <laughs> and, and I he had a, he had floss. Yeah. So I got some dental floss from him. That's it, a good point. I
0: told Grant if if I needed you know a, a piece of gum or something I would have tipped, but not for just turning
1: the sink on. If you use the materials and you don't tip, you're a bad person. Correct. If you just go to the bathroom, wash your hands, and leave and don't tip, you're perfectly fine.
0: Yep. All right, Stub. What's going on? You're here at Barry's Downtown Prime Steaks and Cocktails in Vegas. What you got? Okay, well, to start off, the real answer is I order a water because I'm looking at these prices. and uh, <laughs> The prices were <laughs> aggressive. Well, all right. Well, I, I get that, but for a second, close yeah, yeah. your eyes and pretend you're here for the Bud Light
1: Big right, Game. Right, right. Bud but, Light's presenting and sponsoring this trip. Before you do, though, tell America how much the burger costs. <laughs> <laughs> the, the burger is $49. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> such a wag. <wacky>. So, <laughs> woo! Uh, but, um, it is,
0: hey, it is Wagyu, though. You got to get size
1: for Wagyu. <laughs> I, I
0: think wait. that's more I sp- than I spend on groceries a week. <laughs> anyway,
1: uh, why why are you go- gonna order that when it's so expensive? Yeah,
0: I the thing that caught my eye is the braised short rib ravioli. Ooh, with oh, that, mushroom that, that, an stroganoff burger. sauce. It's an app, but I might make I, this. Might be an entree for me. I
1: it, it just looks so sounds Stop, so good. I don't throw the prices it. aside. By the way, uh, <laughs> that, that is a signature move of mine to go into a place, order four appetizers, and call it a day. Really? Yep, I do that all the time. Really? I'm a sides guy. I will go to a steakhouse and like get like nibble off of somebody's steak and have like three sides. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it, guy. That's a wacky. Don't threaten me with a good time. All right. So your favorite appetizer the braised short rib ravioli. Yeah, it, it's, I don't, it's I don't just get that size appeal. for
0: ravioli, but okay. It doesn't feel doesn't that not feel like an appetizer though? Ravioli, yeah, that, it feels like an entree, and that's kind of yeah, why absolutely. I want to be one. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Because right. I, I I would go with that, and then I would also get a side of the lobster mac and cheese. Now, that is, I wish that is $48 I <laughs> we were going to get, it, and then uh, Grant said, I don't think you should spend $48 <laughs> on a side, so I ended up getting grilled asparagus. The whipped potato was amazing. You could have also added lobster that, to that for an extra $25. <laughs> that was kind of the bit, is you can add anything. It's just an extra $30. Bucks. Um, so, what I went with was the berry steak, the 12-ounce rib, rib cap, um, and It was amazing. Now, we had the conversation.
1: We argued, I'm a filet guy. You are. The guy came over. Explain what he said. This was wild. (laughs) I understand that you're a filet guy. The rib cap is like a filet, but with flavor. Yeah. Which is, which is that was was that like the GM basically that's of berries a, that's as hard as any waiter anywhere in America will ever go He said yeah you like the fillet how about you get something with flavor uh, it, like <laughs> he just he just took out his knife right there at the table and was like why are you in my restaurant I will gut you like a fish yeah
0: c- so I went with the rib cap
1: I topped it with cherry cherry sauce which you said was a home run. Chimichurri sauce brings out the flavors in a fatty meat so well. It's a 10 out of 10. I got the horseradish cream with my 24-ounce bone-in ribeye cooked medium rare. I am a mark for horseradish, but chimichurri is, technically speaking, the correct play in that situation. I was
0: surprised that you wanted to do the split game with Grant Polson knowing that he likes his meat medium.
1: Yeah, uh, I I, I was more interested in trying multiple things as opposed to getting exactly – there were so many good things on that menu. Honestly, I kind of wanted to split lamb too. You saw me like putting out the feeler on that. Yep, yep. Uh, we may have to go back to berries. Oh, honestly. Yeah. I mean, the ram, the lamb absolutely caught
0: my mind. So did the surf and turf. I just felt like that would have been terrific there. Uh, the appetizers we went with the Philly cheesesteak, egg rolls, a little oh. small but terrific. They, they,
1: definitely a little small though. They were they, nubby. They were so good. They were filled with like a cheesy cream inside and the meat was really good. That they, they were a knockout. Absolutely. And then uh, the crispy rock
0: shrimp. Didn't love that, honestly. I thought the bread was banging. Uh, but yeah, the steak was by far the best thing that they had.
1: The, the steaks were amazing. The, the bread plate was good. The atmosphere was good. They brought us a little dessert tray yeah. um, We didn't order dessert They were just like Here's a little tiny Like miniature Miniature cookie, cookie. It, was a miniature it was like the cookies, cookies That were served here But they're much better than that Alright, explain to the audience That's confused
0: like I was last night Exactly what is the rib cap?
1: Okay, so the ribeye steak The eye part, you know is, is a little denser And then around that Is kind of the, the looser part You know, the, the rib cap as they Which covers over the rib um, It's just that part So it's just the best part Of the best cut of meat this was Dude Food here
0: on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at one FM. stub. we have some breaking news here on 910 The Fan, live from Radio Row. Can we hear that breaking news
1: sounder?
2: Breaking news on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at
1: 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. Uh, Washington Commanders now have all three coordinators, Adam. Uh, they have hired a special teams coordinator. They've gone with Larry Izzo. Uh, Larry Izzo played for the Patriots, won three Super Bowls in his decade-long NFL career, and has served as the Seattle Seahawks special teams coordinator for the last year. I like that. Uh, I don't. We need to look up if he's related to Tom Izzo. Obviously, <laughs> uh, they're both they're both white guys, but I, I don't think so. Says he was born in Fort Belvoir, Virginia, which is in Fairfax County. Love that.
0: So he's a local guy. Yeah, I, I used a to local go play, guy. I used to play hoops at Fort Belvoir when I was growing up. There was some tough top competition there.
1: I thought you grew up in Lorton.
0: I, it's like 20 minutes away from Fort Belvoir. It's uh, like really close.
1: Nothing's 20 minutes away from anything in Northern Virginia. That's, that I've, I've very been up true. there. You're not pulling that one that over. That was very Ryan. true.
0: You're <laughs> listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Michael Phillips and myself's conversation with Doug Williams, Super Bowl winning quarterback, coming up next on The Fan.